Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Jonathan Salman offers two decades of extraordinary success in a series of high-level roles as an inspirational speaker. His invaluable expertise and broad business range have powered a history of developing successful process improvements that drive productivity, reliability, and client satisfaction. Such traits have consistently enabled Jonathan to achieve an impressive command of the skills needed to manage ongoing business planning processes while developing strategies to meet future challenges. And if that were not enough, on the other end of the spectrum, Jonathan is also an engine company fire captain. And as this role as a fire captain, he has positioned himself as a key member of each company he has worked at and has demonstrated a driving force for growth. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I did a light introduction of you for our listeners. I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you're really interacting in the marketplace today. Uh, so I was born and raised in Paterson, New Jersey. I did a few different jobs here and there back and forth, but then I really found my niche when I got into the fire service. Uh, I joined in 2013 and I was able to take all my life experience prior to that and apply it to the fire service. And in that time I had worked in um, customer service at different places and I found that the fire service, that's exactly what we do. Um, It's customer service, you know, we're public servants. And uh, I've been there since, like I said, since 2013. Then I got promoted in 2020 and I was a training officer for the entire department. And now I am the captain of engine company six, which is in the south side of Patterson, New Jersey. Well, fantastic. Well, I think you might be the first firefighter that we've had as a guest on Be Brave at Work. And I'm just wondering, what what drew you to the work, right? You were doing, it sounds like, a variety of other roles in life and then made a, I think, big decision to invest in uh, the work that you do today. What what drew you to that work? So what happened was I used to live, uh, when I was younger, I actually lived, well, obviously with my parents, and there was a alarm that went off in the building. We lived in a high-rise building, seven floors. And we went outside and I looked around. Now, there's 56 apartments in this building and there's probably 12 people outside. And I'm looking around and I'm saying, well, where's all my neighbors? 
So I went into the building. I went, walked up the stairs. I went to the seventh floor. I knocked on every door all the way down to the first floor. I come out the building. Fire department shows up. They shut the alarm off. And one of the ladies, one of my neighbors said, oh, you, you need to work with them. I said, well, no, no, there's no way. I said, I'm not going into burning buildings. And one of the guys turns to me and said, you do know that this alarm, that this building could have been on fire, right? And I said, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. So then my cousin, who actually joined the fire service the day after 9-11, he texted me uh, in 2010. He said, hey, come come get an application. Uh, at that time, I was working customer service. I went down. I got an application. And the gentleman that actually handed me the application, who now is one of, like a very close friend and mentor of mine, he trained me through the entire process. Uh, and I joined the fire department. Well, a fascinating entry into the, the world of firefighting. And, you know, you described something that I think happens almost all the time in a building when a fire alarm goes off. And I spent 25 years in uh, the business world and oftentimes in a retail environment for the first part of my career. And almost every time when a fire alarm went off, nobody did anything. Nobody <laughs> left. Everyone looked around just to see if it was an error or if there was a fire, right? But I think for whatever reason, people just don't exit and they just think it's a drill or an error until, of course, you know, somebody comes and tells them to leave the building or somebody comes on audibly and says, hey, the fire alarm just went off and it's not a joke. Get out of the building. So it's funny that you say that because there's a thing that we see. It's always for for civilians. It's always a drill until it isn't until it isn't. For us in the fire service, it's always a problem until it isn't. Until we know that there's no signs of smoke or fire, we're going up there uh, preparing for the for the worst. Let's pause there just for a second because I think that's a fascinating metaphor for our topic today, right? That to civilians, it's okay until it isn't. But for firefighters, it's a problem until it isn't, right? You're coming at it in two opposite ways. And, of course, you hope it's not a problem. And you show up and just turn off the fire alarm because some electrical error or maybe some kid pulled the, uh, you know, pulled the um, fire yep. switch. Yep. And then, uh, but then, you know, every once in a while, of course, it's a real legitimate fire. Correct. Yes. And you don't want to be the one, you don't want to be caught, as they say, with your pants down. You'll come in, you're thinking it's nothing and you don't have all your gear on. And then now you have to go back and put everything on. You you do not want to be that person. No, you do not want to be that person. So in your career transition, Jonathan, I'm just curious, uh, where does the role of bravery come in? When you think about being brave at work, of course, most people would think a firefighter uh, internally is brave, right? You have to be brave to go into a burning building. You have to be brave to help people navigate through the challenges. Can you talk to us just a little bit about you know where bravery might play a role? So what it is, is you're actually like back to when I said, when I told them originally that I'm not going into a burning building, right? So what happens is you actually learn through your training and things like that, that it's usually not it's totally dangerous until the structural members are being compromised by the fire. Generally, you go into a fire uh, when people are in there, it's usually a content fire until and with content, just meaning it's just stuff burning in a room, papers, boxes, things of that nature. So what it is. As far as the bravery is, you're just prepared for it. You have the training. When you're going into these situations, a lot of things are racing through your mind and you do have a level of anxiety. You do have a level of being uh, afraid, so to speak, but you rely on your training to get past all of that. And then you face it head on, just like you would in any other career, pretty much. 
you know, you're prepared for it. And so part of the strategy behind being brave at work is something that we call practice, right? When we think, and I know you know that I hate golf analogies because <laughs> we talked about that earlier, but, you know, you think about great athletes and they say, you know, what you see is the result of practice, right? That when I'm not playing basketball or hitting a golf ball, all I am doing is practicing and you just see the high points, right, of all that effort. And so it sounds as though practice from your perspective is important. Yep. And that's what we do. We, we drill all the time. We have several drills a day. We're always going over different things in the fire service to make ourselves better, to uh, augment our knowledge, skills and abilities. And that's just what we do on a day in, day out basis. Is practice. Correct. <laughs> yes. So, so tell us just a little bit more about that. So and I'm, I'm, what I'm attempting to do is associate what you experience when you're not being brave, right? Because you don't want those moments where bravery is required, but you recognize from time to time it's going to happen. Uh, you know, what type of practice do you do in order to help build courage or capabilities with the people who need to do what you do? So a lot of times it's um, we'll have drills of the day. So whatever it is, we'll go over it. Let's say it's engine operations. So now you're going to learn how to something as simple as for us, simple as opening a hydrant, connecting to the hydrant, flowing water. If you're in a ladder company, you're going to climb ladders. If you're in a rescue company, you're going to practice ropes and rigging. It's just practicing the little things, the foundational things that are going to make you better. So when you get to the scene, you're able to perform under pressure. So I love that, Jonathan, because I think that correlates so beautifully with bravery at work. When we think about being brave, oftentimes we don't do it because we haven't practiced it, right? We haven't done baby steps. We haven't thought of the words. We haven't thought of the environment. We haven't thought of you know how to share something with somebody that might be hard for them to hear. So we never practice it. We never play around in that world. And then, of course, a situation arises where you now have to say something to somebody that's going to be hard for them to hear, even though you want to help them or do something that might be hard to do. You don't know how to do it. You don't know when to do it. And you end up not doing it because it is so intimidating. Correct. Yes. Is that, and yeah, that, I mean, is that, I've had an experience like that um, when I first uh, got onto the job. I was actually uh, assigned to a ladder company. Generally, you go to the engine right out of the academy, but there was an injury. I got sent to a ladder company. So, in that, <clears throat> excuse me. So, when I went to the ladder company, we got the call. Like you always hear about or you see on TV, they say, oh, the cat in the tree. Well, we had a cat that was on top of a house. So, we go out. And I was maybe on the job three or four months. And first off, uh, did not to interrupt, but somebody actually called you because their cat was on the house. Yes. Someone called <laughs> us because their cat was on the house. And like I told my captain at the time, I've never seen a skeleton of a cat on a house or in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we pull up on scene. My captain turns to me and says, hey, kid, look, this is your chance to get your first save. And I looked up. And I said, well, I'm not really comfortable with this. So, you know. He sent uh, two guys who were senior to me. They went ahead and they didn't get the cat either, <laughs> but they went up there and uh, they at least attempted. So now uh, fast forward a month or two later, we have basically the same call. We go to this call. We all get out and he looks at me. He's like, you're not going up there, are you? <laughs> and I kind of just looked at him and then he decided that he would go up on his own and, and try to get the cat. And unfortunately, he didn't get the cat either. The cat ran away or whatever it did. He comes back down. 
But in that moment, I learned something very, what I feel is invaluable because he led by example. He didn't ask me to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. And I think that's a very big thing if you're going to actually be an effective leader. Tell us a little bit more about that. So uh, he was asking you to do it or at least inferred that you might not do it, which it sounds like he was correct. But he himself was willing to to do it. And is it because he was brave? Is it because he was role modeling? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because to me, he a very good leader. And we like I have an acronym like leaders lead. Right. So the lead stands for learn, empower, appreciate and decide. So you learn from your mistakes. You learn from your men. You empower people. Um, you create more leaders. That was one thing he used to always tell me. Good leaders want to create more leaders. Uh, as far as appreciating it, you appreciate your your responsibility, your influence and the opportunity to create more leaders and decide. It's about making decisions in that moment. He made the decision. Listen, I'm going to go do this because what do they say? A, a, a bad plan that's well executed is better than a, a good plan. that's poorly executed. Right. So he went up there and he was a leader and, and he did what needed to be done. Fantastic. And, you know, what I'd love to do, Jonathan, is switch gears here for a little bit and talk about your inspirational speaking that you do. And this sounds like, uh, is this something that you started to do after you became a firefighter? Or is it something that you did before? No, no, a after. It was something that I decided to get into after because what I realized based from having uh, two parents who were very encouraging, the getting into the fire service and having encouraging leaders is that everyone doesn't have that level of encouragement. So what I did was I decided to take what I was doing at that time, which is firefighting, or still am doing, and I came up with the acronym of FIRE, which is stands for Fearless, Intentional, Resilient, and Enthusiastic. Because people need to be fearless. And it's not so much of like you're, you're fearless and you're not afraid of anything. You just, instead of being fearful of something, you fear less and you're willing to go ahead and take the chance and do it. Because you need to, you have to take chances. And a lot of times people aren't willing to do it because they're afraid. What do they say? Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. So that's what people need to get out of. The I stands for intentional because you need to be intentional with what you're doing, intentional with your thoughts, intentional with your behavior. Because think about this, right? Everybody knows how to get six pack abs, but everybody's not running around with six pack abs. You have to be intentional. You have to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make that commitment to doing it. And you have to be intentional. The resilient part is everybody's going to face adversity. You're going to have to adapt and overcome. That's a very big thing in the fire service because people aren't calling us because, you know, they want to have a, a beer with us on the 4th of July. They're calling us because something's happening. So you have to be able to adapt and overcome and realize that every time you set out to do something, even though you've, you were fearless and you took a chance, it may not work out. And now you're going to have to rebound from that. So that's where the resiliency factor comes in. And then the last one is enthusiastic because I don't know about you, but anybody who's ever tried to sell me on something, if they're not enthusiastic about it, I don't want it. That enthusiast, that enthusiasm, you need that to almost, you have to fall in love with the process of whatever you're doing. You have to be enthusiastic about it, in my opinion. And with the fire mindset, which is what I call it, that's what I use to help people in any aspect of life they need that fire mindset. They need to be fearless, intentional, resilient, and enthusiastic. Well, I love that acronym. And just to steal it for a moment for purposes of bravery at work, 
very consistently in order to be brave at work. You need to be fearless, right? You need to face something that might be hard to do or hard to say, but still do it. You have to be intentional. You know, I, if I'm going to give you some feedback that might be hard for you to hear, you want to know that I'm all there, that it's just not some passing conversation that I'm having in the hallway, but, you know, I'm here to help you and I'm focused on you and I want to be very intentional in what I say and how I say it. I need to be resilient in how you respond and what directions we can go in. I might not have all the answers. I might not know what the next best step is, but, you know, I want to be resilient and flexible in some ways as to how to uh, move through that experience that we're having. And then definitely enthusiastic. You need to believe that if I'm giving you this feedback, that I mean good for you, right? That I want to help you and ensure that you're better performing as a leader or interacting with others more effectively. And I think you can only do that if you're enthusiastic about it. So I won't steal it publicly, but I just <laughs> wanted to steal it for now that I think that's a fantastic acronym, both for the work that you're doing, as well as uh, for being brave at work. Yeah, it's definitely applicable to all aspects of life. And so when you do uh, inspirational speaking, uh, do you base it on your life in, as a firefighter? I mean, is there a, a correlation that you demonstrate between the two? Uh, yes, uh, because there's so many different stories. Like a, a big one that I use is a lot of times people are, I think, good leaders, right? They have to be relatable. And to me, a good way to do that is you let people know about your mistakes. And when you tell people their mistakes, they say, oh, I made a mistake as well. So I always give an example of, well, two examples. I, I'll give you one. Uh, I was first started driving the fire truck and it's a, it's a huge apparatus. It's it's just, I, I don't have a CDL. So I'm, we're driving to <laughs> it's a, a big truck. Yeah. We're driving to a, uh, a reported car fire. Um, we're, we're getting there. I get there. I park. The senior guy, the company who has like 20 years on gets out. My captain gets out and I'm sitting right in the truck. <laughs> and they're fighting this fire, this car fire. And my captain turns around and he looks at me and he gives me a look. It's like a shock look. He wasn't, he wasn't even mad. He was just shocked. And then I said, oh, that means get out. So I get out. I go, I help them, whatever. We put the fire out. Boom. We get back in the apparatus. Before we pull off, he looks at me and he says, can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. He's, Why didn't you get out? I said, honestly, I was just happy I got here and didn't hit anything. And he starts laughing and he, <laughs> he says, I, I can't even be upset with you. But what he showed me was he didn't jump all over me. He didn't do anything like that. He wanted to know why. What? Why, why did I make that mistake? And I feel a lot of times people don't they don't get that. People just you made a mistake. It's a problem. What are we taught in school? Don't make a mistake. Right. You, you, you get lesser grades for that. But in life, you're going to make mistakes. And that's where in the fire mindset, the resiliency comes in because you have to be able to bounce back from those mistakes. Well, it also seems to have helped you that you have worked for people who have been great leaders because they are great role models. And I think that example you just gave, not only of your own behavior, but your boss's or the chief's behavior is fantastic, right? Uh, a lot of us are so worried about making a mistake, we actually perform worse than knowing that, you know, hey, if I make a mistake, my boss is going to be like, no worries, just don't do it again, or here's what you should learn from it, and we move on. Yep. And that was a, and I've had the, the the fortunate opportunity to work for very good bosses, very good captains. And now I work for very good chiefs. So I've, I've been fortunate. Everybody doesn't have that. 
Well, that is fantastic. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time today and talking about the work you're doing both with inspirational speaking and in the firefighting industry. And if folks wanted to reach out and contact you or talk a little bit more with you, how can they do that? Oh, that would be very easy. That's uh, on Instagram or on Twitter. It would be Salmond, my last name, S-A-L-M-O-N-D, 365. Fantastic. Jonathan, thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Ed. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.